Okay. Sorry. We're good to go now. This is gonna, you know, in about 20 minutes, we're gonna be amazed at how good this episode is. Praise the Lord. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome back to the Practitioners Podcast, where we're applying Jesus style disciple making to everyday life. This episode and all of our episodes are powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which focuses on helping churches make disciples who can make disciples. For more information, check out navigatorschurchministries.org. Justin, random question of the day. Hit me with it. All right, Tony, have you decorated for Christmas yet? Um, As of this recording, absolutely not. We're recording this on Veterans Day, November 11th. And it'll yep. drop December 6th. So by December 6th, while I have decorated, no, because there's not four hours in my schedule that is free for decorating between now and December 6th. Okay. Gotcha. Well, now, what about you? Yeah, we will. We will decorate on December 6th uh, because that will be St. Saint, Saint Nicholas's Day. And that's a tradition we have in our family that my wife uh, grew up with. So that's, that's the day that we'll do it. So, Oh, I love that tradition. I love to have a, a set day. Do you, now, do you guys block stuff out? Like if I were like, Hey, grab it. Let's go to dinner on the six. You'd be like, no, we can't. Cause we're putting up decoration or is it a little bit more? Yeah, pretty that? much. Yeah. We would oh, wow. say that we can't, unless there was like some extenuating circumstance where it had to be that day. Then we put people above our traditions, but yeah. Hmm. Yep, yep. Interesting. So there you go. Holiday season. So Tony, during the holiday season, there's lots of eating, feasting, all the great foods of the holidays. And we're not talking about any of that today. We're talking about the opposite. We're going to talk about not eating. Yeah. And that feels a little counterintuitive, giving the season of uh, feasting and friendly and all the parties and all the things that we're going to do. But uh, we're going to talk about fasting today. And I'm curious, Justin, the very first time you're fasted, do you remember when it was and what was the fast like? Uh, I don't remember exactly. I think it was sometime in high school. Uh, We did a 24 hour fast uh, as part of the youth group. And um, it was pretty terrible. Like I just felt hungry the whole time and uh, thought, man, I don't know why we're doing this. So that was my first time. How about you? Uh, Well, so I grew up Catholic and in the Catholic faith, one of the things that happens a lot during Lent is that you'll fast on Fridays. Now, sometimes that fasting is just for meat. And sometimes that fasting is from a lot of things, or you'll give something up for Lent. And we can talk a little bit later of whether or not that's real fasting or not. But um, I remember my very first Lenten fast, we did it as a youth group Fridays, we weren't going to eat meat, we were going to be super disciplined. And we were at a church youth group meeting and the priest walked in for our morning devotionals. And he brought um, food from McDonald's, which, you know, whatever, no big deal. And next thing you know, he unwraps this, uh, egg biscuit and bacon, um, sandwich and takes this big old bite of it while the rest of us were fasting. And we (laughs) went, father, John, you're eating meat on a Friday. And he looked at me and he was like, I forgot. (laughs) 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 And I think maybe I've had a kind of a graceful approach to fasting ever since. Okay. Well, that's probably good. Yeah. Fasting is one of those things that I feel like there's never a great time to talk about it, right? Like if you're fasting, you're really not supposed to be talking about it. Um, If you're not fasting and then you're telling other people how you did fast, then it feels like you're boasting or whatever. If you're like, well, okay, why are you, why are you telling me this? Um, 
And so I think it's really, really important. And it's a significant tool in the life of a disciple in terms of their growth. And I thought, you know, as you and I sat down and kind of planned through our episodes this season, both of us really thought this would be an important topic to talk about. Um, how, how do you want to kind of kick it off? What, how would you talk about fasting with somebody who maybe hasn't fasted before or who doesn't understand much about it? Uh, so I would say this, that, that fasting is a tool designed to separate us from the needs of the world so that we can be dependent on God, right? Fasting is a tool designed to separate us from the needs of the world so that we can be dependent on God. Meaning that when we fast intentionally, what we end up doing is we create, uh, we create space for God to fill that gap, right? And, mm -hmm. and that gap then becomes a way that we can be dependent on God that leads to a fullness that we might not otherwise have. Meaning in, in the midst of the uncomfortable feeling, the, the, the pain of it, the discomfort of it, the, uh, the tiredness, the, all of the things that come with prolonged fasting, um, we learn to be dependent on God. Um, I, I really like the way that Philippians 129 says, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. And I think this intentional act of suffering brings us to an intimacy with Christ that's hard to get in our daily comfort. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. You know, I think most Christians, most disciples, fasting is not a part of their spiritual walk at all. And, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly why that is. I mean, I know it's more so in the Catholic faith, it's more present. Um, but in the Protestant denominations, it's really not very present, despite there being lots of scripture about fasting. And um, one that we've kind of already alluded to is Matthew 6, 16 through 18, where Jesus is instructing uh, the disciples. He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face <clears throat> so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. Um, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. But twice in that passage, it says, when you fast, Jesus talking to the disciples. And it's not an if, it's not a, if you think about it, it says when you fast. And so you know, over the last several years, that's something I've been mulling over more and more of, well, what does fasting look like in the life of a disciple? And why does Jesus want us to do it, right? Um, there's another scripture um, in Mark where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they're asking Jesus, why aren't your disciples fasting right now? And he says, well, as long as the bridegroom is with them, they cannot fast. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them and they will fast. And so we just have this uh, scriptural uh, expectation, really, that disciples of Jesus will be fasting at times. Yeah. And, and then we also think about Jesus fasting himself, right? For 40 days in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, and, and what happened in the wilderness was a preparation for his ministry. And so in a lot of ways, when I look at Jesus's 40 days in the wilderness, what I see is I see Jesus preparing himself to get closer to the father, closer mm -hmm. to the Holy Spirit, so that he can go out and then preach the message, which the first message he preached out of the wilderness 
is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, right? For the kingdom of God is near, you know, depending on the translation, but this idea about repent, Hey, the kingdom is coming. So, you know, part of why we're doing this episode now is because um, you have a kind of a practice that I know you wouldn't normally talk about, but for the sake of the community, uh, we kind of agreed to it today is that there's some fasting that you do um, with pastors a couple times a year. And this was really the first time it was a a bigger group. There were probably, I don't know, were there 10 of us on, in, on that, uh, that fasting group? Yeah. 14 actually this, this oh, wow. time around. Yeah. So 14 pastors. Um, and I'm, I'm going to ask to talk a little bit about how you decided when and what that looks like, but, but I think it's really important to note something in the practice of this fasting is that as a discipleship to tool fasting is meant to be shared, meaning that there's something to doing this corporately with a, your Paul or Timothy or with a, a group of people who are your peers, that when everyone is fasting and praying together, it changes the atmosphere of the community. It, it becomes a, a way where it's not just an individual intimacy with God. Now it's a corporate intimacy with God. And that becomes really powerful. So Justin, can you tell us a little bit about how, how this tradition came to be for you and um, how, how you kind of get started on this process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it actually started probably five years ago, five to six years ago. Uh, one of my best friends invited me to to do a fast with him, and he was just going to try it out. And I think we did two days that time, and neither of us had done a long fast before. And so we're like, well, let's just try two days, see how it goes. And so we did it, and it was hard, but it was really good in, in a spiritual sense, but also um, just felt reset. Um, not only spiritually, but also mentally and emotionally. And so that started a habit for us where we just started to do it twice a year. And normally our normal rhythm now is we'll do two five-day fasts a year where we're just having water. And so we don't eat anything, no tea, coffee, food, you know, we just have water. Um, and it's really, each fast is different. That's one of the things that I've learned. And so some are really, really hard. Some are not as hard, um, but God has something different in each one for us. And so after probably a year or two of doing this, I started to invite others along with me in it. And my thought was, well, if I'm experiencing all these benefits from fasting, um, I want to invite others along who can benefit as well. And what what benefits I've seen is not only a, a closeness with God, uh, I almost feel like I'm, I'm walking down into a valley or a pit of kind of suffering. And for the first couple days, it's, it's pretty hard, but towards the end, it gets easier as your body adjusts. And there's some uh, metabolic things that are going on there that, that help with that. But um, I'm walking down into this pit of suffering and I can sense Jesus in a different way. And so that's been really helpful um, for me. And so we do it twice a year and we've done it. Like I said, we've done it shorter times. The longest we've done is seven days. Um, and the benefits have been really huge. Uh, let me just share this last one, Tony. And then I want to hear about how, how yours went for you this time. But this time for me, it was one of the harder fasts I've ever done. And each day, starting with day two, day through two through day four, I seriously thought about quitting because I just didn't feel good. 
I didn't feel like I was connecting with God. I didn't feel the closeness with him that I normally feel. Um, but I stuck with it and kind of gritted it out. And then at the end, once I started to, to eat again, that's when all the, the things I normally get on the fast, I got this time and it was after. And so a really rich depth with, with Christ, I sensed, um, feeling reset and renewed and rejuvenated spiritually and physically and emotionally. And so that was just really interesting to me because I don't recall a fast like that where I didn't get it during it. I got it after. Um, but like I said, the fast is really about for me, all right, journeying with Jesus and helping to connect with him in a new way. What was, what's been your experience and specifically the last one, if you want to share that too. Yeah. So I I've done a number of different fasts and, um, I, you know, I've done a Daniel fast where you only do things from the ground, from the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel one. And I think Daniel, uh, later seven, maybe, um, where Daniel fasts from the King's table specifically around rich food. So I've done that at the beginning of the year, a 14 and a 21 day fast, um, for a number of times, but this is, it's been a while since I'd done just a pure water fast. And that's what we were doing a water fast. Now I knew that I had a, a, an obligation on the last day of the fast. So I ended mine a little bit early and I fasted for a very particular reason um, that the invitation came at a very unique time because I'm, I was preparing my last sermon at the church uh, at restoration, the church that I had been serving at. And so I was really praying and hoping that God would give me a very um, clear and distinct word so that it would be God's words instead of mine. And so when I fast, one of the things I, I do is I use that extra time in my schedule to create intentional space with God. So uh, I oftentimes, like a lot of pastors, meet with people for lunch and coffee and all these things. And so I, I purposely said no to some of those meetings because it was a fast. And instead, I spent that time in prayer or soaking with God. And um, it was Wednesday morning of that fast when God gave me a very clear um, it wasn't audible, but it was very inner, um, that inner voice, that clarity there that was very much, um, this is God, this is what God wants you to say. And it was a, it was almost like a, man, it was almost like my dad just taking his arm and putting it right around me in a very intimate way. And I, I was super thankful for that moment. There were some hard parts, uh, especially, um, the evenings I went to bed early, I, uh, yeah. you know, and, and just, I just kind of submitted to the fact that I was exhausted and I didn't have any food. So, right. <laughs> and there were, you know, obviously it's not something that you want to do without, if you're married without your spouse's buy-in because, um, it will affect your attitude and your effort and your energy. And, and right. so it has to be a communal decision in your home. Even so, even though my wife wasn't fasting, I really needed her to give her blessing that I was able to go to bed at eight 30 or nine o'clock or whatever yeah. time it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. A couple of things that you mentioned there alluded to like the prayer, right? It's frequently in scripture, we see prayer and fasting kind of mm -hmm. wed together in the scriptures. And, you know, we don't quite understand the why of it, but, but it does seem clear that when we pair our prayer with fasting, it enhances the, the power of what we're doing there in some way that again, we don't totally understand. Um, and one of the advantages of doing it with others, right? Fasting is meant to be shared is we can learn about 
well, what's, what's normal for these things, right? So one of the things that I've learned in the process of doing them with others is, you know, it's normal to feel tired. It's normal to go to bed at 8.30 when you're normally up till 10.30. And, you know, it just reduces your capacity. But it's also normal that after two, three, sometimes four days, our attentiveness uh, really rises, right? Both our, our senses Uh, We smell things we haven't smelled before. We see things out of periphery that we haven't seen. uh, We normally don't notice. Uh, And it's just interesting what's happening in the midst of the fast. But I really like how you talked about how we should uh, involve those in our household in the fast. And Tony, both you and I have kids at home. And so one of the things that we do um, prior to a fast, I fast normally in, in May and in October or sometimes April, October, whatever. But um, they'll know, okay, dad's getting ready to do his five day fast. And I'll ask, Hey, do you guys want to join? Now we have kids from 11 down to five and neither my wife or I want them to do a water fast for five days. Cause they're growing and you know, their yeah. bodies are different. Um, but there's a way that we can involve them. And, and what we do is we just say, well, if you want to, you could fast from a food that you like or from a snack or whatever. And so, each of my kids did that um, again this time and totally let them choose. And they've some, sometimes I say, well, I don't want to do it this time. And I say, okay, no problem. Um, but one of my daughters chose to only drink water uh, while I was on my water fast. Now she was eating whatever she wanted to eat, but she didn't have any milk, no juice, no any of the other things that she normally likes to drink. And that was hard for her. And she got some of that experience of some intentional suffering and order to grow closer uh, to Christ and as a way to show um, her devotion to him in that way. I love that. And I think it brings up an important reminder is that as you're walking with someone in faith, as you're discipling someone, they may not be at a mature level for full fasting. And, mm-hmm. and it's important to use it as a, as a tool. So, you, you know, there's a lot of debate about in the fasting world, it's hard to believe there's a fasting world, but here we are <laughs> um, in the fasting world about whether or not like giving up screens, for example, during Lent as a true fast. And biblically, it's, it's probably not biblically, but right. practically it's a really great step, right? Mm-hmm. Anything that we can do to, to, to decrease ourselves so that Christ can increase is a really good step. And that's what I love most about fasting and intentional, intentional deprivation in general is uh, I'm intentionally doing this to grow closer with Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting to me, Tony, that all the major religions have a fasting component, right? So it's almost if there's, as if there's something, um, there's something to it, right? That humans have found helpful uh, to them. And as we see it again, it's in the scriptures. Uh, one of the things is uh, we've seen over the last probably five to 10 years is the medical benefits of fasting, mm, which, that's a good point. you know, we're not a medical podcast, so consult your doctor and we're not going to get into all those details, but it is out there. And it's really interesting to me that maybe it's one of those things that God has instructed us to practice, uh, not only for the spiritual benefits, but also for some of those physical health benefits that uh, the scientific community seems to be finding. Well, and I, I think that it, it it's a good reminder that Jesus came in the flesh. And so that flesh part is super important to what we're doing. And uh, they care about our physical body as much as they care about our spiritual body, our body. 
Uh, Justin, why don't you give us our takeaway and action step? <laughs> yeah. Our takeaway fasting is meant to be shared. Mm. Fasting is meant to be shared. And I would add to that that when, right? Like Jesus said, when you fast, it's meant to be shared. Um, so that's the takeaway. The action step, probably pretty obvious plan your next fast. So, yeah. you know, when are you going to do it again? I do them, um, uh, in the spring and in the fall. So when I do the, the long five day fast, uh, we have people join, you know, for some part, some of them do all of it. Um, but if you're interested in joining me in that, feel free to reach out to me through my website uh, or through Tony's website as well. And just again, thanks for listening. Thanks for being on. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button so that you can get each and every one of our podcasts and please share these with others and rate and review on iTunes. Also super helpful for us as we try to get the word out about our podcast. So uh, that's what we have today. Uh, have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.